0: I am humbled and honored to stand here you know, behind this sacred desk with the call of God to shepherd and lead this flock. Um, I don't take it lightly. Uh, I really don't spend much time in prayer for us that God's will be done. But I just want to encourage you the greatest thing. This may be my first Sunday, but this is not God's first Sunday being in charge of his church so you can rest assured that God knows exactly what he is doing. And that's where our confidence lies. Yeah. Amen. Well, there's a special prayer we want to have today. I want to ask Brother Conrad Etchie if he would come. And Conrad grew up here at ICOG and Uh, He's been with us a long time, He served in different capacities, he's been playing drums for us uh, recently, but those who know Conrad, Conrad has had a dream, a heart, to play professional basketball, amen, and he's done some things, he was overseas in Australia for a while, but uh, through the grind, God has opened up a door for him to play in a professional team based out of Dallas, Texas. Amen. And so Conrad and I talk all the time and I know the journey that you've been through. I know that you've had to trust God through the difficulties of all the closed doors. Cause I can't remember every time he told me he was leaving and then he would say it didn't work out, you know, but sometimes God will take us through the, the difficulties to build us and develop us to be ready for the season and opportunity that he presents for us. And so he, your contract signed, right? His contract is signed. <laughs> so he, he is going. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so we just want to pray for him that we know God is in Texas He's in Dallas, he's in Mexico, wherever your team travels to play, that he's with you. Just want you to let you know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, just keep turn, your, your face turned to him and your heart bent to him. Uh, and he will provide you what you need. And when you feel like you don't know what you need, just trust him because he is your strength. Uh, and he will lead your head, he will lead your heart, and he will lead your feet. So I'm going to ask the rest of the elders, you would come and just just pray. Uh, Stand in agreement, those who want to point your, your right hand this way, we just want to agree that a young man that would serve God, even on the basketball court, and lift up the name of Jesus as he goes. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you, O God, for your faithfulness, O God. We thank you that you're a faithful God. And we thank you for your son, Conrad, God. We ask you to be with him now in the name of Jesus, God. Clear his head, Lord, that his head would be focused upon you, O God, and focused on the assignment you've given him. And I thank you, Lord, for his heart, God, being pure before you. It's not about Conrad, but it's about what you're doing in the life of Conrad, God. So allow his heart to be pure for you, God. Guide his feet. God, as he walks, God, that he would walk the places he needs to walk in the name of Jesus, God. So we pray your protection upon him, oh God, that no hurt, harm, or danger would befall him, oh God. Allow him to have the success on this earth that you've ordained for him to have. And let him give you the glory in all. God, winning or losing, let him give you the glory in all. And God, we pray for his family. We pray for his mother, his father. We thank you, God, that you would bless them and keep them and give them a peace knowing that he is well and that all things are in your hands, oh God. And so we give you praise in advance, Oh, God, for what you're going to do in His life. And, God, we love you, and we thank you, and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen and amen. 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 We love you, brother. Amen. This is just the beginning of some exciting things that I really believe God's going to do in our lives. And there won't always be easy things. Just because some exciting doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> you know, you don't get places without obstacles and challenges and resistance. But if you persevere, you'll get to where God has taken you. And this is great growth for all of us. I'm excited about it. And I had this word in me for a little while, but as you come to to the point of of delivery, then God starts doing stuff and you're like, God, what are you doing? But you gotta trust him in this, and I believe he has the word for us on today. We're gonna go to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. And Matthew 24, and I gave them nine through 14, but I'm actually gonna read one through 14, if that's all right, Um, context I think will help us today. And as you're getting that, I do want to thank you all for not only your presence here today, but for this holiday season, your many cards and well wishes and gifts. And we thank you so much for that. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And we're, we're grateful, thankful for my beautiful wife and my three children for their support as well. And one special shout out to this man, Pastor Thomas R. Pumphrey. Amen. Amen. Who ran this race beautifully before me. Um, And I am grateful. Pastor Davis as well, who ran before him. We are grateful. Matthew chapter 24. Beginning at verse 1, reading from the New King James Version, we find these words. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Amen to the reading of God's word. I want to talk today on the subject church on assignment. Church on assignment. You may be seated. Before I dive into this, you know, when you came in this morning, many came in to to prayer. Many came in to prayer. And we're calling this time Open Heaven. All right. Isaiah 64 says, oh, Lord, that you would rend the heavens or you would open up the heavens and that you would come down and make your presence known. And so that's how we're going to start service. Every Sunday morning at 1055, From 1055 to 1105, we will have something called open heaven. And one of the things that we talk through as, as, as a leadership is we're, we weren't happy with the way the church service was starting. It was starting kind of cold, kind of spread. We wanted to, to change that. So I like that commercial when, when, when the man's driving, he tells Alexa, you know, Alexa, turn the heat to 71 degrees. You know, Alexa, turn the lights on so that when his wife came home, the house was warmer and the lights were on. I don't know if you've seen that commercial. And so I wonder when you come in, it's not cold, it's already warm. You, you see what I'm saying? That, that the, the spirit is already flowing, that it is, it's a warm environment. So when, when you walk in, and so I'm looking for some folk that are willing to come help us warm it up. All right, this is, to, to, it's not for everybody if you don't have to, but when you come in these doors. You're going to hear intercessory prayer going on, asking for the power, the presence of God to be in this place. And so if you've got a need, I would invite you to come. If, if you've got healing that you need in your body, I would invite you to come. You don't have to stand. You don't have to sit. You can come to the altar. You can walk around the back. We don't care. We're just going to invite the Lord into this space. Right. And then while we go right into worship, we're going right into worship. But we're going to have an open heaven. We want God to come down and show himself in this space. All right. Every week, this is how we're starting until God says otherwise. But we want the power and the presence of God to be here to transform us and to transform our lives. Amen. Amen. A story came to me not a while ago, but it was a young man. His name was Bryce Gowdy. I've seen it before. I heard it, but I didn't read the details of it. He was 17 years old. He was a football player and he had a full scholarship to Georgia Tech and he was hit and killed by a train. You know, young people in my heart, you know that when I see stories like that, it bothers me. 17-year-old no longer on this earth. And then I got the story again, a friend sent it to me, and so I say like this is interesting just looking at it again. He was 17 years old, had a full scholarship, uh, was looking forward to going to Georgia Tech and was killed by a train. But under further investigation, it, it was found out that it was a suicide. That Here his future was bright with a full scholarship and many of us would love, come on in here, to have a full scholarship. But he decided to end his life. And the story came out that he was worried about leaving his family in an unstable environment. He had younger brothers and sisters and they were having some financial troubles. And his mother said that he was battling mental health issues. And we've heard this before. Uh, And he was behaving kind of strangely before his death. And I'm sure she was looking and thinking about, did I see the signs? We know recently that the United States has killed the Iranian general, Qassam Soleimani. Um, He was considered to be a world's bad guy, going like Osama Bin Laden type of situation, killing many people. And now we, we have a killed him. He's been assassinated. Um, we've got now more than 3,000 troops being deployed into that region. Um, there are questions. I know I had talk in my house, questions about World War III. You know, is we World War Three, and is there going to be a draft? And young people are concerned about, are we going to go, have to go back to a draft status? And people not agreeing with that or whatever the case may be. But this is what's out here, then we wake up this morning because the Iranian president said the United States is just gonna be sorry for what they did. I know he said this, that, that he was going to avenge it. And then I get up this morning and we find out there was turmoil or, or, or an attack over in Kenya on the U.S. Uh, embassy there. And so we see all of these things, and it doesn't matter which side you're on or whether you think it's cool, whether you think it shouldn't happen or not, We got to ask ourselves the question, do we see the signs? You know, do we see the signs? And so when you hear commercials about stroke and you hear commercials about Alzheimer's, everybody's talking about you need to pay attention to the signs. Because when you see the signs, then you need to act on and do something about it. As a church, we're still God's agents in the earth. That's just the way that he designed it. And when we see the signs as a church... We must be a church on assignment. Are you with me? Jesus here in Matthew 24 was leaving the temple, walking through the beautiful temple. And the temple was very representative of his presence, of God's presence. The temple was very important to the children of Israel. And during this time, the temple was being redeveloped or uh, refurbished, so to speak. And it was beautiful. And he's walking through but he says, do you all see this? This right here that you see is going to be destroyed. And that was tough for the disciples because it meant something to them. But literally in 70 AD, we know that the temple was actually destroyed. So he was talking to them literally, but he was also talking prophetically. I'm teaching a little bit because we got to really set the stage of what we're dealing with here. Um, and so the disciples pulled him away when they went to Mount of Olives. They're looking down over the city from the mountaintop. And, saying, and they were saying, Jesus, talk to us about what you were saying, that this is going to be destroyed. Tell me when this is going to happen. You know, tell us what's going on. But I want to remind us as a church, this main subpoint is this. God has a plan. And it's proactive. Okay? God has a plan and is proactive. In other words, God doesn't react, he initiates. Did you hear that? God does not react to anything, he initiates. Genesis 101 says what? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And so when he just started to describe to us to understand who he is, he says, in the beginning, God. In other words, before anything ever existed, God was. So God cannot react to something because he was there before everything ever happened or everything ever was. Because everything ever was that happened was created by him and for him. This is important for us to know. It seems simple, but in the beginning, God. That's why Job was going through. Anybody going through some stuff? And sometimes when you're going through, you act, we act like God is, doesn't, no longer exists or God doesn't understand what we're going through. Is it, maybe it's just me. You know what I'm saying? When those financial cramps are hitting you, you act like it is something that you've never felt before in your life. Come on when stuff's going on in your workplace, we act like, God, where are you? I should be at a different place by now. You, come on, you know what I'm talking about? We, 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 we act like God forgets when we're sick in our body. Sometimes we think that God has forgotten about us, and, and he doesn't know what we're going through. Like, he doesn't know what cancer is. But he had to remind Job, listen, Job, in Job chapter 34, is that I know you're going through, I know you're hurting and screaming in pain, but let me just ask you one question. Where were you when I founded the heavens and the earth? Where, where, where exactly were you that you can actually give me counsel about how to run this thing we read john 10 and 10 and he says the thief comes but to steal to kill and to destroy but i have come that you might have life and life more abundantly And oftentimes we read that, we say, hey, the enemy's killing. Hey, the enemy's stealing. Hey, the enemy's destroying. So therefore, Jesus, as a result of that, came. But that is backwards. (laughs) John 101 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. 1 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 20 says, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. In other words, Jesus didn't come as a result or a response to what Satan was doing. Satan was started to responding to the result of what God was doing. Jesus was coming before the foundation of the world. (laughs) Satan knew it. That's why he starts to kill, to steal, and to destroy the enemy responds to what God is doing. So we as a church, we got to realize, don't focus on what the enemy's doing, but ask God for insight into his plan. The church on assignment focuses on what God is doing. See, Isaiah 43, he says, behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, you shall Know it. In other words, God saying, "I'm doing something new in the earth right. It's springing forth, and you're going to know it. You're going to experience it. But the challenge for many of us is that all that we know is pain. (laughs) Come on and hear somebody. A lot of our lives, that's all we know. We know pain. We know poverty. We know difficulty, and it seems like it's difficult for us to know something else. But it's 2020. It's a new year. It's a new season. And, and God is doing some new things in the earth and that where well, we never knew excitement, where well, we never knew joy, where well, we never knew prosperity, God will say, I'm doing a new thing in the earth realm, and you will begin to know it. You got to see it. You got to experience it. And even if it just comes up as a blade of grass in the ground, we've got to appreciate the new thing that God is doing in our lives. The disciples are saying to Jesus, hey, Jesus, you're talking about some stuff. Tell us, you know, give us the the timing of it. Anybody want to know the timing? We want to ask God when. When's this going to happen? Right? God, when am I moving? God, when are you going to train this crazy husband of mine? When? (laughs) God, when are these kids of mine going to start acting like they got some sense? When? When? Come on in here. We want to know when. God, when is this going to happen so that we can be ready? Let me help us. Acts 1, 7 says, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed for his own authority. Some of us, we just got to stop wasting time asking God when. Because in reality, he's probably not going to tell you when. (laughs) If you walk with God long enough, you realize he's just not going to tell you when. Okay, So we don't need to be out there wasting any time anymore in 2020 begging God to tell us when it's going to happen. We just got to know that if he said it's going to happen, we got to trust that it's going to happen. God's word is true and he's never lied or he's never failed short of his word. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. It doesn't matter when it's going to happen for us. We just got to know that it's going to happen. And we got to trust him. So if he said it, we got to act like it's true. Jesus said he's coming back, right? And so if he's coming back, we got to believe that he's coming back. It's been thousands of years since he said that, and he still ain't here. But it was thousands of years since he said he was coming the first time, and people thought he wasn't coming. But guess what? He came. And guess what? He said he's coming back again. Yes, he's coming back again. And so we've got to act like what he said is true and start acting like it. We don't got to worry about when. We just got to know it. It's going to happen. They wanted to know when, but he says that, that, that's not really the issue. He starts diving into the signs. Somebody say signs. He was talking about the future and, and not to complicate it, but understand that there's a time coming, right, in, in the future. We don't know exactly when, but we know it's coming where there's going to be great tribulation, right? Great persecution, great tribulation. And it's prophesied in the Old Testament. But Jesus was talking about the future, but he was also giving some insight into the now. Zechariah 14.9 nine talks about that. Where he, where he says there's, there's going to be a level of intensity. Just like, I remember when my wife was giving birth for the first time. You know, I tell the story often. You know, I was sitting down at Deacon James and Aunt Rhodey's house to have dinner. It was about 4 o'clock. And we just sat down to eat. And she talked about, ah. Oh. <laughs> Now, you had our roadies cooking, you know it's time to eat, right? And she talk about, oh, now now we just sat sat down to eat. (laughs) Oh, we got to go. No, we don't. (laughs) We can eat the chicken (laughs) and mashed potatoes first. You know what I'm saying? But this is your first child. You don't know. All you hear is, oh. But, but the, the, the signs, because she had told me I had been feeling some, some pains from before. See, the early signs. And he starts saying that just like that intensity of a woman, there's going to be a time when it gets more intense down the road. We don't know where, but there's still intensity. But he often says this, is that at the end of the day, there's going to be a time when God's name is lifted and that his name will be the only name you will ever know. Right? Because now we're not there at that point. Some people still want to serve Muhammad. <laughs> Some people still want to serve Buddha, right? But there's coming a time when those names will just fall from the face of the earth. The only name that you will know is the name of Jesus. The name of the only true and living God. That's the only name that will be because he will rise to a place where it's, he's king of kings, and lord of lords, and all of the earth, and everybody will know it. But we're not there yet. That's why we still have Hari Hare Krishna. That's why we still have atheists and agnostics and Zenism and Taoism, right? Because there are other names and other ideas, but but we see the signs that are coming. He says that some of the signs will be, there'll be things like Jesus's name would not be accepted. So even though we're not at the end time yet, right now his name's not accepted. You can't walk around talking about in Jesus's name a lot of places. People don't want to hear that. We take it out the public square. Right. We take it out the school. Come on now. We don't want to want marriage certificates. (laughs) Anything that represents Jesus, we don't like anymore. Do you see the signs? He says there's false prophets will arise. We know we've had many false prophets. We have many cults and people think they're going on spaceships. Right. We've seen that. Right. And God's going to take them away and people drawing off disciples to themselves. But it's not just the folk that we think are crazy. There, there's some false prophets even in the church drawing people away. The dollar bill is their God. Come on in here, somebody. Even right here in the church. Drawing people away. Do you see the signs? The Bible says increase lawlessness that there, the rules. There, there are no rules. There are no rules for marriage. There are no rules for family. Come on in here. There are just no rules. There's no rules for anything anymore. And then he says, because of that, the love of many will what? Grow cold. It's a cold world out there. Right? This is why why our young people struggle. It's they're freezing. No, literally, they're freezing. Ain't no love at home. (laughs) Ain't no love in school. Ain't no love in the hood. They freezing. Because the love has gone cold because there's this lawlessness. Nobody cares about anybody else. Everybody is doing their own thing. And so it's cold out there. And so people would rather check out of this life and see maybe what's happening on the other side. Because it's just so cold. But Jesus said, this, this is what you'll see, but, but, but don't, don't trip over it. It's going to happen. He said there's wars and rumors of wars. It's like what we're talking about. I'm not saying World War III going to come tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you hear it, right? People are concerned about it because you, you don't know what folk going to do it these days. So you talk about people got all kinds of bombs, and we think that we stopped them, but people got stuff. Come on in here. We're the United States. We love to tell people, no, you can't have that. But we got some of the same stuff we tell them people they can't have. <laughs> I know we think we ought that, but we do. And we can push buttons and, and, and destroy many people at one time. We've done it already. These are the signs. Can you see the signs? But Jesus says, he says, but the the gospel of the kingdom of God will be preached in all the world as a witness, and then the end will come. See, the gospel of the kingdom is God's plan. See, God's plan is his his kingdom. And all the signs that you see are just the enemy's uh, plan to try to distract us and to derail us from experiencing God's plan of the kingdom. So 2020, our assignment is this. To proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. In 2020, our assignment is to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. To proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. Jesus was talking about the gospel of the kingdom and he came and he, and he spoke on it as he ministered here on earth. But talking about the kingdom, just breaking it down to very simple. It's where God rules in a way that reveals his glory and defeats the enemy. Where God rules in a way that reveals his glory and defeats the enemy in our lives. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand when he came to preach. He said that for a reason, because Jesus is the one that fulfilled the kingdom. He's the one that ushered in the kingdom. In other words, what's broken can now be made whole. Are you hearing? In other words, what's in chaos can be brought to order. In other words, what is lost can now be found. See, this is what Jesus came to bring. See, there was no way that was going to happen before. Right? You couldn't be made whole because Jesus was the only one that could make us whole. He was the only one that could bring us back to the Father. He's the only one that reconnect, that those who were lost, he was the only one that could give them the way, show them the way, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Not Muhammad, not Buddha. They can't do that. They can't bring us back to the Father. They can't make us. They take the brokenness that's in our lives and make us so all. Only Jesus could do that. And what Jesus came to say was the kingdom of hand is nigh. He said it's right here because now because I'm here, because of the sacrifice that I'm making, what was now broken can now be healed. What was now shattered can now be put back together. What was chaotic in your life can now be brought back into order because of what Jesus did. The kingdom of God is here. Now you can experience the kingdom of God where his glory is revealed and the enemy is defeated in your life. And the good thing about this is that he's not just talking spiritually. See, so he said, he, you need to be a witness. See, people need to be able to see this. You see what I'm saying? So it's not just spiritually because we know that we're sitting in heavenly places, right? Spiritually, right? we know that we, we accept Christ, that we are in Christ Jesus, Right? But yet, yet on the outside, we're still jacked up, right? I got saved, but I'm still messed up, right? I got saved, but I still got issues. I got saved, but I still may say something to you I might not have said to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I got saved, and I might still jump in somebody's bed into whose bed I don't belong in. I'm helping somebody here. I got saved, I still may drink a little too much every once in a while. Come on in here, somebody. I'm saved. I gave my life to the Lord. I, I know who he is. I know that, but there's still some issues in my life. But what he's saying is that he's not just bringing spiritual things that where we know that we're seated in spiritual places he's going to bring manifestation of of wholeness and wellness here in the earth so that he's bringing me off of drugs are you hearing what i'm saying that he's bringing me out of alcoholism are you hearing what i'm saying he's delivering me from fornication are you hearing what i'm saying he's he's taking away pride that he's able to do that that the glory of god can be seen here in the earth realm As a witness, how do you know God is good? Because I see the goodness of God in your life. Because before, you would have cussed me out 10 times to Sunday. But today you talk about, I will pray for you. See, see that's only God, only God doing that. See, that's not Dr. Phil. That's not Iana Van Zant. They can't do that. Come on, y'all being all bougie today, but you know where, where God has had to bring you from. <laughs> Because five years ago, if something would have happened to you, somebody would have crossed you, we'd be at somebody's funeral because you would have cut them. Come on in here. You would have made sure that they paid for their sins. But if it wasn't for a God that was able to do something, to remove an anger and a bitterness that was in your heart, it's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's because of the word of God. There's got to be a witness to somebody that God's doing something in the earth. There's a manifestation of the transformation of what God can do. There's a manifestation of the hope that can only be found in Jesus. There's a manifestation of the love that God gives. This world does not have to be cold. And if it is, you can come inside to the church and get warmed up because there's a love that exists. Setting stage. We're going to dive into a lot of this this year. But understand that the church on assignment has to check these boxes. Box number one walk with God. If we're going to fulfill the assignment, we've got to do number one is walk with God. Micah 6 and 8 says this He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly? To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The Bible teaches us that Enoch had this testimony before he was taken up, that he walked with God. How many realize that it's possible to walk with God? That we've got to walk with God. See, we got to walk with God because we got to know God. And this is where I'm going to start off next week. We got to know God, we've got to be with Him. That means we got to spend time with Him, that means we got to know His character. So there's some things that we've got to do. We've got to study the Word of God. Say study. We're not just going to read the Word, but we're going to study the Word of God. Somebody say doctrine. We got to know what we believe and why we believe it. So we got to have some Sunday school attenders, come on, come into some classes that are teaching us about what we believe and why we believe it. We got to have some people that are studying the Word, say study the Word, that are getting to know God as we walk with God. That's why we have prayer. Somebody say prayer. Prayer is communication with God. So we got to take time to come into open heaven and come into spaces of prayer so that we are walking with God on a daily basis. We can't show the transformation power of God if we are not walking with God. So we got to take his yoke upon us and learn of him because his burden is easy and his yoke is light. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to know God and walk with God. Walking with God. Walking with God. Our mansions should be, we got to walk it like I talk it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you, you got to walk this thing. This year, I'm walking with God. (laughs) Tell somebody, this year, I'm walking with God. So you got to make the commitment. I'm going to walk with God. I'm not going to talk about him. I'm going to walk with him. (laughs) I'm not going to pity pat him. I'm going to walk with him. I'm not just going to say hi on his birthday. Come on here, somebody. I'm not just going to say hi and send him a text on his birthday. Our relationship is deeper than that. (laughs) I'm going to walk with him. See, so y'all, we're clapping, and that's what we got to do, but walking with God ain't easy. <laughs> because God will go some places you don't want to go, <laughs> and he'll tell you some things about yourself you don't want to hear. But I don't know about you, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm all right. He's going to tell me, Tony, you better humble yourself, then I'm just going to have to humble myself, because I want to walk with God. <laughs> Walking with God. See, where you been? I've been walking with God. See, people going to know that. Who, who you are walk, you walking with God? See, who influences your life? What? Well, no, God's influencing you. See, that's when Peter and them were in the book of Acts and people looked at them and said, we looked at all, all the seminary roles and we couldn't find them nowhere, but they spent time with Jesus. That's what we know. See, because they knew that they were walking with Jesus. They could tell that they were walking with Jesus because the way that they talked, the way that they act, their attitude, the power that they demonstrated came from walking with God. Second check we got to have is we got to love and serve people. Love and serve people. John 13, 35 says, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Love and service is foundational to this local house we got to understand that from our inception, love and, and, and service are, are necessary for this local house. It's the church worldwide, but ICOG in particular, and we've got to continue to build upon the foundation of love and service. we got to start with ourselves. First of all, you got to love yourself. Come On in here, somebody, it's not over anybody else, but you gotta love yourself. It's hard to love other people when you don't love yourself because you'll treat people the way that you treat yourself. If you're too hard on yourself, you'll be hard on people. Come on in here, somebody. If you have no standard for yourself, you have no standard for other people. That's why people can run on top of you because you have no standard for yourself. So we're gonna start. We're gonna love ourselves. We're gonna say, God, you love me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So if you love me God I'm gonna love myself and I'm gonna serve myself I'm gonna take care of myself I'm gonna make sure I get up I comb my hair I brush my teeth I take a shower come on here somebody I get the sleep that I need come on I'm gonna take care of myself I got a little money to get my nails done get your nails done get your hair did take care of yourself buy a new sweater every once in a while it's okay don't overspend we'll talk about that later but we gotta take care of ourselves Ain't nobody listening to you when you broke up and jacked up and breath smelling like all kind of stuff. Come on. Take care of yourself. Love, your love, love yourself. We have to love our family somebody say family Family. it's time out for family not loving one another it's it's time out for that we gotta you gotta love yourself and you gotta love your family husbands love your wives as christ loved the church that's 2020 i don't care what happened in 20 whatever i don't care what happened any other year love your wife like christ loved the church that's not that's your love your wife like christ loved the church Husbands, respect your husbands. I mean, wives, respect your husbands. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother that the days on this earth may be long. Yes, we can still do that. Parents, do not provoke your children to wrath. Come on in here, somebody. We've got to be able to love our family members. How, How are we going to do something outside when we can't love the people on the inside? You got to love the people that you in bed with. You got to love the people that live under your roof. Come on, somebody. You got to love your family. You got to love and serve the church body. We got to do good, Galatians teaches us, to all, especially of those of the household of faith. Come on, we can't believers be believers, right? Talk about we're in the body of Christ, and we cut and kill one another. That's not going to work. See, we got to love the church body. So we got to ask, so am I loving my body? Am I loving my church family? Am I there for my church family? Am I there with my presence? Am I, am I giving my gifts to the edification and the use of the ministry? Come on. Pastoral ministry is not to do all the work. Pastoral ministry is to train and to build up us as believers that we're all using our gifts so that the ministry of the gospel can go forward. That's what it's about. Everybody's got a gift. Say everybody. And everybody's got to serve. Say serve. We all got to be doing something. We all got to be moving towards and serving one another so that the body can be built up. I said this before, we can't have a weak, pimpy church. We gotta have a strong church that's swole, that's been flexed, that's moving, that's building muscle, that's able to move and to push and to break through. Even when the enemy comes, that we're not soft and we're not gonna go run away, but we've got some muscle we got some people in the body. Yeah, I can do that. We need to get it. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can help with this. Yeah, I can serve in this capacity so that the work of the ministry can go forward. We gotta love ourselves. We gotta love our family. We gotta love and serve our church church it's only then that we can really get out into the community can anybody know the community needs some love we got to get out and serve the community so we got to do mission somebody say mission we got to get out of these four walls and we got to start serving the community People know that you love them when you're able to meet them at the greatest point of their need. See, that's how people start to realize that you really love them. That when I was broken, I thought there was no way you came up and helped me. I don't care how that was, whether you gave me a ride, or whether you gave me some food, or, or whether you gave me a sweater when I didn't have a sweater. When you meet somebody at the place of their need, that shows them that you loved them. Jesus showed us that he loved us, not just by telling us. Yes, he told us. But he got up on a cross for our biggest need. Our need was that we needed somebody to redeem us from this sin nature. And he got on Calvary's cross and gave his life for us. That's the proof that he loves us. And we've got to prove to people that love is real, because we've got to be able to meet them. When, when they're dealing with incarcerated loved ones, we've got to be there for them. When they're dealing with unwedded pregnancy, yeah, it, it's happened, but it happened. We've got to be there for them. When they're going through challenges and issues, we've got to be there to pray for them and, and to walk them through. When there's financial issues, we've got to be there. Love and serve people. Last checkbox, and I gotta move, is we gotta spread the gospel. We gotta spread the gospel. Because the gospel is good news. You know what I'm talking about? When you, got, when you doubled your pay, when you found out that you doubled your pay on your job, y'all looking at me like, I ain't never doubled my pay on my job. But listen, when you found out that you got a promotion on your job, or when you found out that the baby you were praying for is now on the way, you, you spread it, right? You go and let your family know, you let people know because you want people to know and be encourage you and be there for you. So if this gospel is really good news, right, that Jesus can really change your life, and that a relationship with the Lord will really transform you and take you out of darkness and bring you into the marvelous light, we've got to share this good news because somebody needs to hear that there's good news, that they don't have to stay broken, they don't have to stay jacked up, they don't have to stay without hope, but Jesus is Good news. Come on, somebody. So, we've got to share good news. We got to be creative in doing that. We got to put it on social media. We got to have it in the church. We got to find all kinds of ways where people need to know about Jesus. Here it is, and I'm wrapping this up. God is calling us to be invigorated by this, this new assignment. I don't know about you, but I'm amped for this new assignment, because I can see a generation of people coming to the Lord. I can see it in my mind, people trained in the gospel. Yeah, I can see the arts happening, people experiencing the gospel. I can see family restoration happening, experiencing the gospel. I can see economic empowerment happening. Come on in here, somebody. We do not have to be broke. Broke is not a curse for black people. Everybody here is not black, but I'm telling you, curse it. It's not. Our thing is that we don't have to just be able to survive and just put two nickels together and that's all we can ever have. We don't have to have the short end of the stick. Come on in here, somebody. We're able to do more because God can empower us to do more. I see it. Can you see it? church on assignment is a we it's us but we includes me there's an individual piece to it so if the church is on assignment guess what i'm on assignment <laughs> tell your neighbor i'm on assignment tell your other neighbor i'm on assignment they ain't hear you the person on the back you better let them know you said, i'm on assignment in 2020, you, you got to be on assignment. <laughs> in 2020, see, it's different now. See, I, I got marching orders now. I, I've heard, I'm i hearing from God about what I need to do, and I got to be on assignment. And one of the things that I always find amazing is something we call laser. You know, you ever heard of a laser? And I, 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 my daughter, I take her to the doctor sometimes for, for her eyes, and I took her in six months ago or so, and the doctor said, yeah, everything looks great, but I see something, and we got to go in and fix. And I'm thinking, oh God, we got to set up another appointment to come back and go in and fix. He's like, no, we can do this right now, you know, just over in the room over there. He said, it'll take 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds. Yeah, oh yeah, we just, just a laser, and we just go in, bloop, bloop, clean it up, and it's done. See, See, here's the thing. Laser energy, laser light is focused. <laughs> laser light is energetic. And laser light can go the distance. And oftentimes it'll go faster than normal. I wish you were getting this. See, when you that's why we say you're laser focused. In the 2020, we gotta be laser focused. Our focus has to be sharp. See, see, you can use a laser in music, you can use a laser in the computers, you can use a laser to fix your eye, you can use a laser to help fix your knee, you can use a laser in all kinds of places. God wants to use us in all kinds of places of life. God wants to use us in the medical field, God wants to use us in the the medical field, He wants to use us in the law field, He wants to use us in the classroom, God wants to use us on the basketball court, come on, God wants to use us in the corporate America, God wants to use us in the. the not-for-profit sector. God wants to use us everywhere. God wants to use us in the community center. God wants to use us in Walmart. God wants to use us in Target. God wants to use us in Nordstrom and Neiman Markets God wants to use us in Bloomingdale's. God wants to use us at Amazon. God wants, come on, where you work? God wants to use you there. Montgomery County Public Schools. God wants to use our the University of Maryland. God wants to use you everywhere in every industry. He wants his people there, and they got to be sharp, laser sharp to be able to cut through some stuff and to be able to get through some stuff because people need to know about Jesus. But the church has got to be on assignment. And I've got to be on assignment. So what I've done is I've got my, my, my wristband here. And it says, I'm on assignment. She's right here. I'm on assignment. Matthew 24 and 14. And I got this for myself. Because I know there's gonna be some times when I'm going through this, this year and this season where I'm gonna to try to be distracted. Come on here, somebody. The pretty girl in the store might look at me too long and I may wanna come on in here. I gotta have my wristband that just tell me, you, you know what? See, see I'm on assignment. See, see, when I'm getting ready to buy two sweaters when I only need to buy one, see, I can just look at my wristband and say, guess what, you know what? I'm on assignment. Come on in here, somebody. When he calls you up at 2.30 in the morning to talk about what you're doing, guess what? I'm sleeping because I'm on assignment. Come on in here, somebody. See, when they say, hey, the party's going on and you make sure you bring the weeds, you know what I'm saying? You got to say that ain't going to happen. I I ain't going to be there this year, buddy. Because what? I'm on assignment. I got something to do. I don't got time to fall off this year. God's trying to use me in new ways. I got to walk with God. I've got to talk with God. I got to love and serve people and I don't got time to be distracted with no foolishness. Guess what? I'm on assignment. When I'm loving my family, guess what? I'm on assignment. When my children are acting crazy and I want to give up, I got to remember, guess what? I'm on assignment. I got to remember that I'm on assignment. Come on in here, somebody. And it's good news. I didn't just buy one for me. I got one for you, too. So when you walk out the door, you're going to have a wristband to remind you that you're on assignment this year. 2020, we are church on assignment. 2020, we're going somewhere. 2020, things are going to happen for you. 2020. Yeah, I got focus. God will speak direction to me because we're a church on the sovereign. Stand to your feet and give God praise. Give him honor. Give him glory for what he's doing. Give him glory for what's taking place. Give him glory for what you expect him to do.